Howdy folks, welcome back to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Yojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Uh, this is a spoiler podcast, so you guys keep that in mind as we, uh, or I guess as I, talk about Usagi Yojimbo Volume 1, Issue 23, cover dated July 1990, entitled The Way of the Samurai. The story opens with several panels uh, giving us geography. We have a faraway shot of a woodland and mountains in the background, and then a closer shot into a portion of the woods. We see a small figure. Uh, another closer framing shot of woods. A third closer framing shot of woods. We see a figure running. He's carrying some sort of parcel tied to a staff that he has slung over his shoulder. Uh, a la the old uh, American hobo kind of style that you see. And as he's running through the woods, he uh, rounds a bend and finds that his path is blocked by six, um, shall we say, brigands of some nature. Uh, and something occurred to me reading this issue. Uh, Mr. Sakai often draws brigands as some of the uglier characters in any of his books. I guess that's by design, but I just now... Uh, perhaps made that connection, primarily because one of these brigands is a walrus. And a walrus, drawn anthropomorphically, is one very unattractive creature. But several of his companions are equally unattractive. But this is the first time I recall having seen a walrus as a character in in one of his drawings. So we find out that this uh, gentleman running is a... uh, He's he's on... Okay... He is a messenger, there we go, for Magistrate Oyaneko, and he's running a parcel to him. The brigands know this full well, and they tell him, we know, give us the parcel. And from behind them, someone yells, no, let the messenger go in peace. And the brigand nearest, Usagi, who is this character that has uh, is trying to stop this, says, but out, Ronan, this is none of your affair. We see Usagi standing here holding, and I believe the name is uh, Sugagasa, the big conical reed hat. He's holding it on his right hand, not unto a shield, uh, rather Captain America-esque even. Uh, I find that very interesting. Um, in in the ensuing battle, though, he doesn't seem to use it as as such, but he is certainly holding it as such, much like Captain America holding his shield. So, needless to say, uh, the brigands want something. Usagi wants to stop them. They attack Usagi. He dispatches them, uh, directs the messenger to go on ahead uh, kind of twofold, uh, continue your work, but also tell the magistrate in the next town uh, to prepare, uh, because that's where I'm headed, I would like to speak with him. So Usagi finally reaches town, he notices that it's a small town, but everyone seems both very content and, oddly enough, very prosperous for a uh, a backwoodsy, backwater kind of smallish town. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, I live in southern West Virginia, and that is very not the case in southern West Virginia. Our backwoods towns are neither content nor prosperous here. So, 
Of course, this is an unusual occurrence uh, in, in my frame of reference. Uh, Usagi's looking. Uh, he f- finds what he feels must be the magistrate's house. He goes to talk to an individual out front sweeping. I would assume, assuming that this must be a servant of the house in what he's doing. Ugi says, Ugi, excuse me. Usagi says that he's looking for Magistrate Oyanenko, and we meet Monshiro. Uh, Monshiro is the Magistrate's attendant. So he says, yes, uh, right this way, we've been expecting you. And uh, let me back up here. I, I forgot to mention our uh, character Dramatai. We have Mayamoto Usagi, our protagonist. We have the introduction of Yagi and Gorogoro, which I will um, elucidate more later, as these are plays on my all-time favorite comic book characters, Magistrate Oyanenko and Monshiro, who we just met. So, Monshiro takes Usagi, introduces him to his master, um, Magistrate Oyanenko, Oyanenko, excuse me, or Oyanenko, Oyanenko, I'm not sure. Uh, but we see him here. He's uh, cleaning his sword and putting it up. Uh, Usagi recognizes him right away on sight. I don't know if he already knew who this was by name or he didn't put the name with this person together. But he knows this person, uh, explains how he knows of this person. And they talk about some of... Uh, the magistrate's exploits while he was a general under uh, Higashi, I believe is the name. But that, uh, I'm looking here to see if I can quickly pick up the name. But he was a, he was a great general un, under, yes, Higashi, Lord Higashi. He was a great general under Lord Higashi, but Higashi uh, was killed and so, as happens, all the retainers uh, become unconnected, uh, I guess, shall we say. They, they don't have anyone to work for. So they must do something, find another lord, find other means, because the lord provided a lot of things for them. They have to now provide on their own for themselves. And uh, that basically is what Oyaneko did. He... Uh, became a magistrate uh, over this particular town and through his uh, intellect and his heart has guided this town to where it is now uh, he asks Usagi uh, now that you're here um, let's you know let's go for a walk I'll, I'll show you around basically show you what I have done and so he is uh, walking him around and we find uh, we don't find. Um, Oyaneko tells Usagi the story of what happened to Lord Higashi and the um, origin of Yagi and Gorogoro who are uh, in the book here labeled Lone Goat and Kid who are plays on manga characters Lone Wolf and Cub, uh, my all-time favorite series. The one uh, pride and joy that I have in my comic book collection is a run of Dark Horse's 
reproduction of the lone wolf and cub right to left trade paperbacks as they were put out uh, in the early 2000s, I believe. It's a, it's a set of 28 uh, all first printings, and I have them here on my shelf, and periodically we'll go back and read through some of them. Awesome, awesome literature, awesome art. I just, as I said, my, my all-time favorite uh, characters and, and quote-unquote comic book, though I know it's not a comic book. So, um, in, in their wanderings around town here, uh, Usagi realizes that uh, Oyaneko is sick. Uh, he has a coughing fit and collapses on Usagi. Usagi ultimately has to take him home. Uh, while there, with, uh, through a, a quick discussion with Monshiro, Usagi uh, comes to find out that the, the general, uh, the magistrate, is dying and uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't have very long, long left, doesn't have much time left. So that morning, uh, as Usagi is washing up, he asks Munshiro after uh, Magistro Yuneko, and he finds out that he uh, took off this morning, and he hasn't hasn't seen uh, the Magistrate in a little while. But uh, nonetheless, Usagi, the reason he was asking is Usagi wanted to, to say goodbye, because he's continuing on his journey. And um, he's he's saddened, and then Monshiro tells him, "Well, no, don't you know? Don't be saddened. Your presence here was very uplifting to him. He appreciated it very much." Um, and uh, you know, Monshiro asks specifics about his journey. You know, which way are you going? Perhaps I can I can advise you the the best method to get there. And Usagi tells him, and likewise, Monshiro says, "Well, you know, if you're going in that direction uh, to cross the mountains, the only." passage is the Blue Ridge Pass, and it's, you know, up this road, this way, that way, and tells him uh, how to get through the mountains. As he's wandering, not wandering, as he's moving through the village again, uh, Usagi notices and and mentally comments on the amount of prosperity and happiness that he sees in this village. Again, a very unfamiliar thing, as he has been journeying through feudal Japan, uh, small villages here and there. They never are both. Uh, quite often, they're if they're poor, but they're also very fearful because they're being subjugated in some way. Hence, uh, U- Usagi's whole reason for being a character, basically. But he goes through um, his uh, the mountains. There finds the canyon passage. But as he's walking in, he sees that there's a character here waiting for him. And when he gets close enough, he sees that it is Magister Oyeneko, uh, who has his sword drawn. Sword drawn. Excuse me. Usagi asks him what what's going on, and Oyenko just says, death. Um, Oyenko basically knows that he's dying, um, but he wants to die a warrior's death. Uh, that is what he was before being magistrate. That is what he's always been. That's who he is. And he wants to go out that way. So his uh, decision was to block Usagi's path and force Usagi to fight him. Well, given Usagi's character, but also the knowledge of who this person is, Usagi doesn't doesn't want to. There has to be uh, another way. So they discuss back and forth. 
finally, there is no other way. They rush each other, and both of them freeze at a killing stroke for the other. Uh, the general, uh, with an overhand slash, stops just prior to the top of Usagi's head. Usagi, uh, with an underhand slash, stops with the point of his sword just under the general's chin. And they both stop and freeze. Well, during the fight, Monshiro, uh, who directed Usagi this way, I believe knowing that the general was there, uh, comes up and is trying to get them to stop and watches as these two warriors um, fight the urge to finish the the death stroke that each of them had. And so you, you see them both frozen, the swords moving slightly under the um, controlled violence, should we say, uh, sweat pouring off of both brows until finally Munshiro gets the general's attention and tells the general, please, let's go home, and the general resigns himself and lowers his sword. Usagi lowers his sword. Um, the general thanks Munshiro for what he did. He thanks Usagi for... Uh, indulging him, as it were. Usagi and Manshiro uh, exchanged some other pleasantries about the natures of Usagi uh, in, through Manshiro's eyes and the nature of Oyaneko through Usagi's eyes. And then we find here at the end a small text. Three months later, uh, after completing a great canal a project that was going to bring even more prosperity to the village, which is something that the, the general had always wanted to do for the village. Three months after the complete, or three months later after his meeting with Usagi, a week after that canal was finished, the magistrate died. I guess showing that he was holding on just long enough to see the canal finished. Uh, ultimately, is what they were wanting to uh, to relate to us. Now, there, is, there was one term that I hadn't run across previously introduced uh, in this issue, and it's the term of Junshi. Now, this is a, um, the feudal uh, Japanese society, and it actually carried on, until, uh, carried on up until modern times, and it still may be an issue now, I'm not sure. But there is a, this, this concept of honor tied into um, Bushido, is, is a whole way of life centered around honor. But part of this honor is what to do if you, I mean, part of this lifestyle is what to do if you lose honor. And the preferred method of dealing with the loss of honor is to uh, die. Uh, typically, if you have lost honor because of something you have done, then you are the one responsible for your death. You must commit suicide. Uh, that That type of situation is I believe commonly called seppuku, ritual suicide. And that's the one where you see the, the uh, Japanese uh, noble kneel, uh, sit back on his heels, take his sword, uh, thrust it into his abdomen. Uh, usually there will be a retainer standing by holding his sword uh, 
uh, to one, do the deal if that person does not have the courage to do it, but more precisely to uh, prevent the suffering. The, the goal is not that the individual suffer. The goal is that the individual uh, kill themselves. So a lot of the, the, the ritual involves a stabbing of the sword, but then a movement either right and left or up and down to make sure. Um, and then to prevent the suffering, the retainer is there and they will decapitate the individual, thus ending the entire thing. Uh, that is a way of gaining your honor back. Uh, if you've lost honor, it's very honorable in that situation to punish yourself, I, I would assume, is, is the thought in that method. Well, uh, that has led to a lot of offshoots as far as how to perform uh, the ceremony or the conditions under which the ceremony should be performed. And one of those is if your lord is killed, one of your options um, is to ritually kill yourself to honor your lord. The fact that he's not here, you can't be here either. That uh, is, my understanding, is what Junshi is, uh, seppuku performed by vassals when a lord is killed. And this came into play when Oyaneko was talking about um, the loss of his lord. One of the options that could have occurred was this Junshi. So that's, that's where it came up in the story. But by doing a little bit of research, I found that this practice uh, became, I guess you would say, uh, subverted to where lower level retainers of lords to ensure the providing for of their family would do this unbidden because it would ensure that to honor his service, to honor his sacrifice, the Lord would take care of that retainer's family in perpetuity. So if things got bad, and my research never, I was never able to come up with what the trigger for this was. I don't know if it was poverty, um, a, a loss of, See, it wouldn't have been a loss of honor because then these things would have been performed anyways, seppuku and what have you. Uh, but they, they were performed voluntarily to um, almost indenture the family to the Lord, but in, in reverse. Um, I don't know that the family had an obligation. They had an obligation to maintain honor and the honor of their Lord. I, that they did have. They always had that. But now, without this, um, oft times I would dare say male, uh, to provide for the family, it would fall on the Lord to see that the family is provided for forever. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I would be very interested to, to learn what the situation was that prompted uh, these retainers into this. But this started happening, and it started happening more and more until in order to uh, to save on uh, the, the numbers, uh, this whole practice had to be completely outlawed. 
Junshi. So as uh, feudal Japan is creeping up into flintlock gunpowder automation uh, time periods, late 18, early 1900s, uh, that is what happened to this practice of uh, Junshi. So uh, a you know a potentially honorable kind of thing kind of got subverted by those with more uh, nefarious ideas, I guess you could say. So I found that kind of interesting. I had I had never run into that before. I was familiar with seppuku, um, but this this junshi, um, I was not. Although now that I sit here and think about it, I guess that is what was going on in Forty Seven Ronin in that story uh, that Mr. Sakai just finished up for Dark Horse. These gentlemen that had been waiting for an opportunity to avenge their lord at the end of that um, campaign, they all met to perform what I assumed was seppuku because of the loss of honor for what they had just done, which was a very dishonorable thing to do, although it was trying to restore the honor of their lord, it was still viewed as dishonorable. Uh, Two wrongs don't make a right, basically. But I guess, by definition, what they were doing is because their lord was dead, they had um, just put off performing this junshi ceremony. And then at the end of the book, that at the end of the story, that is what they were doing, having accomplished the mission that had forestalled this ceremony to begin with. Interestingly enough. So if anybody out there listening, if I have that right, please let me know, because that that would be good to know that I, uh, A, learned something, but also learned it correctly and and now applying it to another story. That would be kind of cool. So, all right, guys, that's that's everything for uh, Usagi Ujimbo issue 23 that that stood out to me. Next episode, issue 24, uh, September 1990, entitled Lone Goat and Kid. Yes, this is this is awesome. Uh, if you do uh, want to send any feedback, the Ronin Rabbit is on Google+. Uh, the Usaki Ojimbo Dojo um, is kind enough to allow me to post notices of the episodes going live on their Facebook page, the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, website, bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit, And the email, uh, should you still use that old-fashioned contraption is usakipodcast at gmail.com so, uh, and actually there are also iTunes reviews um, anybody who uses iTunes to download the show, if you would care to leave me an iTunes review or two, that would be excellent, uh, particularly in that that there's a, a, a built-in method, a, a logarithm on iTunes dealing with reviews and how um, visible the shows are in all of their rankings and everything like that, basically such that the more positive reviews you get, the, the more likely you are to show up on a new or noteworthy list or something like that on the front, front page, non-commercial, uh, making the show more visible, points, hopefully worded like increase listenership, yada, 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 yada. Um, numbers like that aren't a big deal to me, but it is out there, it is something I'm cognizant of, and if anyone else wants to be cognizant of that, that would be great. If not, continue listening. That's fine with me. I appreciate it, guys, and uh, I will talk to you next time. Ciao.